previously on Little Bit Leave It. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island, UK, in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me, as always, it is my podcasting partner and partner in life, Becca. So now that we're getting to the end, I'm running out of interesting things to say here. So obviously, when we record these, we don't have the theme music in yet. And I tend to have different game show theme songs running through my head after you say previously. So today it was Wheel of Fortune. And I just thought you should all know that. Cool. Not really, but that's what's going on. That's what's going on. And if you really love Little Bit Leave It. More than Wheel of Fortune. You can support us at patreon.com slash little bit leave it for as little as $2 per month. Today, we're going to be talking about season six episode 35 of love island uk the penultimate episode it's the family episode and friends yes it will be families and friends and we're also going to have the second part of our interview with billy joe gibson from scousecast 0151 scousecast the podcast for liverpudlians by liverpudlians yes go check it out Today in the villa starts out just like any normal day. Jess and Ched wake up in the hideaway. I guess that's not quite normal, but... No, but it's par for the course. Yes, par for the course. It's nice to have a morning without everybody else. It's nice, I guess, not to be shouted at and farted at first thing. Who even knows what time it is? In the main villa, Demi and Shawnee are discussing the talent show when Shawnee gets... A text! And she starts sobbing. Yeah, she is bawling because it is a photo of her sisters with Luke T's parents. In the villa. What? Yes, they are going to start bringing in the Islanders, family, and friends. All these meetings have the same basic structure. You are familiar with it, of course, if you have watched past seasons. Or this episode. Or this episode, which... You know, hey, we don't know. Maybe you like listening to the podcast to get a preview of what's going to happen. And then you watch it. So they hug their Islander. They hug the couple mate of the Islander. And then they hug the other remaining Islanders, especially any of the closer friends to the person that they are related to. Then they've got individual chats each Islander goes and talks with their family and friends. And then there is the big group get together where the families meet each other and then everybody hugs and says goodbye. I don't know. How long do you think all this takes? Is this happening over the course of like 45 minutes or an hour? Probably. Yeah, that's my guess. Because they have to fit in five of them. And it's daylight the whole time, though it is a long day in South Africa this time of year. Probably. It's summer. Yeah, so and it's far that. south. Yeah. Yeah. It's like practically the South Pole. Basically. Pe- penguins. No, penguins will be back. Okay, so here we go. Here comes Shawnee's sisters and Luke T's parents. Her sisters, especially one of them, I didn't catch which was which, look just like her. 
During the Big Islander meeting session, Luke T's dad had a moment with Luke M. I yeah. thought it was really cute. I liked how Luke T's dad was really excited to meet Luke M and really all the guys. I mean, they're all like hugging him like, hey, what's going on? Luke T's mom zeroes right in on Shawnice. She sobs. You're so beautiful. Look at you. Their acceptance and interest in Shawnice is just beautiful. I am so happy. Luke T's grandfather is proud. He's been watching from home, much to Luke T's surprise. Your grandpa watching your, you know, low-level hijinks. Yeah, Luke T's folks definitely approve of Shawnice. Luke T's mom really likes when Shawnice tells him off, so that was really cute. Yeah, Luke T's mom, whoa, she's a little bit of a character, huh? She's like, tell me about the breakfast, huh? Yeah, he's not having that. He changes the subject. He's much more comfortable talking about the L word with his parents than the uh, breakfast club, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He mentions the final date. Good for Luke T for getting emotionally vulnerable with the folks. So the families get together. Luke T's mom tells Shawnice that she does like all the girls, but she's glad it's Shawnice that he's chosen. Luke T's parents have been married for 27 years, which is no easy feat. So they give some marriage tips and they say that they see in Luke T and Shawnice the things that you might need for a successful marriage. Yes, Luke T's dad says laughter is what is important and you guys make each other laugh. And Luke T's mom does a really great Shawnice impression. I enjoyed that. 100%. I am kind of obsessed with Luke T's parents. I'm not going to lie. You can tell that they were like just the right amount of strict. They raised a really amazing young man. They're my role models for parenting. My main takeaway from this segment was actually that this makes me want my kid to go on Love Island. I want to be Luke T's parents and have my own little Luke T on Love Island UK. There's no way our kids are going to dance that well. Oh, you never know. We can start lessons. Another text. Here come Demi's mom and BFF and Luke M's parents, the infamous Jeff and Denise. Unbelievable scenes, Jeff. So Demi's mom reveals her favorite scene when Demi fell over. Demi is talking about how awesome Luke M is. He makes her scrambled eggs and tea every day. Like I said, he is the champion boyfriend. Demi and her mom agree. Yep. And, you know, in an echoing Luke T's dad... Denise says being able to laugh with someone, that's what's so important. And Denise was also not a fan of a certain someone named Natalia. She said that she had a really hard time when Luke M was being treated poorly. And that probably also includes some of the Jess stuff because he went through that hell as well. Yeah, Jess was not very nice to Luke M either. She She also says that Demi is prettier in person. She doesn't say to Demi's face, so. Which is weird because Demi's very attractive on TV, in my opinion. She may just be even prettier in person, which is probably how she meant it. Yes, I'm assuming so. So they all get together. They seem to get on well together, right? Nothing really interesting happens. The whole thing was a little sad for me, though, because Luke M just never seems as excited about Demi as she is about him. And while that might be more of his soft-spoken nature. I just think it's a harbinger of what actually happens. 
Although I don't know, like with the quarantine, like it was kind of hard for anybody to make anything work unless you were ready to put a virtual ring on it. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Luke M is actually one of the people I think in the villa who is not always super authentic and sincere. He seems very conscious that he's on TV. Occasionally we get glimpses, I feel like, into like the real Luke. But a lot of the time he is stiff. A little inside himself, not totally putting himself out there. You know? I just think that might be his personality. Possibly, yeah. You know, he's more of an introvert. He's the most comfortable when he's around just Demi or like just Luke T. I think he's just an introvert. Could be. I mean, he's from a little teeny town. Well, it doesn't mean anything either. I guess that's true. So Jeff and Denise have a moment with Luke T, much like Luke T's parents had with him. And the best part of this whole meeting is that the Islanders decide Denise should have been a bombshell Heads were turned. Yeah. Unbelievable scenes, Jeff. (laughs) That sounds so much different in in this context. That's so filthy. I don't know what you're talking about. So we got another text, and it's time for Mike's brothers and Priscilla's mother and brother to enter the villa. Now, Mike's brothers. Wow, those guys, it's like half of Mike and the other half of Mike. And, you know, you push those guys together. You got Mike. Kind of. And another guy. Yeah, and another guy. (laughs) Yeah, the voices. One of the brothers had the exact same voice, and the other one wasn't too far off. It's funny how some of these people we know by name, they feel like our friends, and some of these people are just like, oh, Mike's brothers. They don't think they got names. But Jeff and Denise, man, and then later on, there's another set of parents that I feel like I want to be friends with. So Mike's got the tears going. His mom's proud because he brought his kind, uplifting spirit into the house. And he will be getting a feast when he gets home, including the jollof rice, which Mike is super excited about. The brothers love Priscilla. She's strong. She's beautiful. She carries herself well. Priscilla's brother says that Priscilla brings out the best of Mike. Mike actually says the same thing later on. So he would agree with that. Priscilla's brother seems to approve of Mike, but her mom seems a little bit more skeptical. Yeah, well, she says, you know, if you want Priscilla's hand, our culture has very, very, very strict rules that you need to be willing to follow. And I guess if I was Priscilla's mom, having seen everything that Mike was up to, I would be naturally a little skeptical also. I mean, it wasn't like she was saying, get away from us. You have no shot. Just like, you know, if your special connection is real, like you got some hurdles to jump. And Mike seems game and ready. Priscilla tells us in the beach hut that she's so excited that Mike's mom approves from afar because she knows what African moms are like. And even though they're from different countries, I'm guessing that it's still overall a similar vibe. Very possible. So next up, we have got Finn's parents, Nikki and Jason, with Paige's parents, whose names rhyme, which is pretty cool, Jillian and William. There is a whole lot of crying. Yeah, everybody is crying except Finn's dad, who has no connection with his emotions. Finn points out the breakfast bar to his parents. This is where we sit every morning. Dad says, yeah, mate, we know. Breakfast club. And his dad immediately brings up the foot fetish. So, yeah, Finn's dad is a total geezer, I guess. Well, it started off sweet. His dad said he learned more about him in five weeks than in the 20 years prior. And I thought this was going to be a speech about, you know, watching Finn fall in love, watching him be independent, watching him grow up. But no, it was about the foot fetish. Although I'd like to think that some of those other milestones are included. I don't know. 
I'm not so sure. Also, also, I just read that Paige was saying on social media that she's very proud of Finn and Jake from season seven for publicizing and normalizing foot love. Okay. Yeah. Just thought I should throw that in there. Both sets of parents clearly approve of the partner that their child has chosen. Don't say child. That's gross. I don't know, that their offspring have chosen. Yeah, Paige's parents tell her, you know, we see that you really love him. We see that your feelings are real. So why the hell did you make such a big deal over 18 months, you ninny? And that's where we really see just how stupid that whole argument was. It was just building an obstacle for her to put in the way of their inevitable love. Yes, yes. So they meet the parents. Paige's dad says that 90% of it has been okay to watch, and he's going to have a chat with the big boy at the breakfast bar. Yeah, I like the kind of joking, jocular manner that he had. Ha ha ha. Paige calls them the in-laws in the beach hut. So, I mean, as we see currently, this is a pretty serious long-term relationship. So here's hoping. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm kind of almost surprised that they're not engaged at this point. And my final takeaway, so much crying. And then, of course, it's the couple that everybody has been waiting for their families to meet. The central storyline of season six, the most dynamic personalities, the biggest names in the villa. It's time for Jess's parents and Chad's parents. Excuse me, Maureen and Emmanuel make quite the entrance. Yeah, all right. Ched's parents are just decked out. We'll talk more about it later. But his dad in that smoking jacket. Stop it. You're ruining the TNA report. Okay, okay. Back the fork up. Well, we all know why they save them for last, because they're the only ones who get the bombshell. Jess's dad hates flying, so she's really surprised and impressed that he came. And also she's disappointed because she says she thought Eve would come. She talks a lot about the penguin date. They're much birdier than she expected. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. I mean, but her parents do actually play it cool pretty well. And they do a good job of not letting her know that Eve is, you know, just waiting 50 feet away. Yeah, if we didn't know Eve was waiting, we wouldn't have known Eve was waiting. But we know how Love Island rolls. So meanwhile, in Chedland, Maureen gives Jess the thumbs up. Emmanuel's boss wants to know why Ched never spoke about whether he would approve of Jess, meaning Emmanuel, not the boss. So that was really funny. And then, of course, out comes Eve. Are there any Islanders left that she even recognizes? I guess Mike and Paige and Shawnice. Are there any other originals left? Gosh, I don't even know. Yeah, there's got to be. I think that's it. Yeah, Mike, Paige, Shawnice. I think Finn was in the villa. Maybe. I don't know, man, but wow. And Maybe I guess not. Yeah, she was the first one gone, huh? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Everybody meets everybody in this Jess and Ched bubble. Jess's dad jokes about ordering a bigger fridge so they can feed Ched when he comes to visit. And they take an awkward family selfie with Eve holding the camera. Don't these people know that the person with the longest arms holds the camera? They had Ched there. They had no excuse. That shit should have looked like it was on a tripod. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little weird that that Eve took it. But the weirdest thing for me after watching all of this. So all of this is being filmed in what? Like late February 2020, right? Correct. So by this point, the pandemic has totally engulfed 
Italy, right? Right. None of them are Italian. Yeah, I know. But by this point, all of these parents are coming in and they know all about the pandemic. Though I guess it's still a lot of people didn't realize how bad it was going to get. I mean, it hit New Rochelle, which is a city, what, like 50 miles north, if that? From here, yeah. Yeah. And we were like, well, that's their fucking problem. No, I, th- at that point, I knew it was only a matter of days before it was all over New York City. But it was in a very, like, cloistered community, too, so. Well, it was somebody who was commuting back and forth to Manhattan. All right. Well, then I was just hoping and being naive. Yeah, no, that was when I was like, oh, I'm not going into the office anymore. So, yeah, Ben, excellent point. What were these people thinking? What was Love Island thinking? Yeah, it's kind of nuts thinking the pandemic is unfolding as these people are traveling here and they can't tell their kids about it. Did any of them have concerns about it? We need to interview these people. We need to track them down and get them on our podcast. I would love to get anybody involved in this season on the podcast. Yeah, I think that's a good project for us. We don't have enough to do. No, not at all. After the Islanders recover, they have a big group hug. They have the getting ready montage. Yep. After that, it's time for a big toast and another text. All Islanders, please report to the fire pit. Is this the circle? (laughs) No, that's solitary. No, that's the uh, what's the one where they lose money if they uh, make out with each other. Oh, too hot to handle. handle, That uses a robot voice. So all the Islanders have to go to the fire pit. There has been a public vote for a favorite couple, and the couple with the lowest number of votes will not make the final episode and will be dumped from the villa tonight. Immediately. So we've got Safe, Paige and Finn, Shanice and Luke T, and Jess and Ched. Ched says, that's mad, and I could not agree more. Yeah, it is absurd but not as absurd as demi and luke m being the final safe couple sending mike and priscilla home i am not okay with this yeah this is so messed up y'all the last og boy packs up his cleats and baton and gives us one last smolder cementing the episode title luke t's upset he's losing a father figure in mike I just think this is such a failure on the part of the British public. Yeah, fuck you guys. Yeah, on the scale of Brexit, what a mistake. Mike and Priscilla should have been in the final, no question. They should have been third, in my opinion. I I don't know how they finished in last here. Racism, I guess. Mikeism. Yeah, I mean, people didn't like Mike, but I also think, you know, there is this whole thing around projection in the show and that 90% of people in the UK or 87% are white. And it's not so much that somebody is bigoted, but if they can't project themselves into a specific cast member on the show, they're going to have a harder time connecting, empathizing and voting for that person and so they're going to be at a disadvantage just because of that yeah i can't really argue with that but at least mike and priscilla leave happy to have each other they got ultimately what you're supposed to go in there for if you were going in there for the money and fame at least before season seven you were going in for the wrong reasons yep absolutely Well, Shawnice, I think, wraps it up for everybody. We're in the final, and she can't cope. There is much celebration that night in bed. 
Paige and Finn are uh, getting up to something. And everyone takes notice. Yeah. They are not up to anything shy. This must be in Paige's dad's 10%, although he can't probably watch. So they're like, now, now is the time. Now is the time. So this leaves us at the end of the episode, just approaching the live final, the uncomfortable, not quite weddings. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this final episode. It'll be fun. I'm going to cry like a baby. And we're going to have our final episode for this season of Little Bit Leave It. Yeah, at some point. At some point, it'll be out eventually. And now it's time for a word from our sponsor. And at the end of that night, the question remained before us. How could the inadvertent actions of a man so inconsequential produce such meaningful consequences? Exclusively on Miranda, where you have the right to remain entertained. It's a sandwich by any other name. Hey man, I didn't do anything. I'm just a middle school band teacher, you know, hot cross buns, Volga Boatman, maybe some Disney tunes or Glenn Miller for a select few eighth graders. Mr. McIntyre, you haven't taught middle school band in two years. I'll have you know that I'm on sabbatical. Writing another book of marching band jokes? No, I'm an actor now. I'm starring in a new TV show. Then why did you apply for the mailroom job at the Breakfast Association via Indude.com? I told you, I'm on sabbatical. Jeff McIntyre was late for his first day of work as a mail clerk for a meal period political action committee when an unlikely chain of events led to the demise of the executive leadership of the Breakfast Association as well as the chairman of the lunch subcommittee of the Breakfast Association. I know I shouldn't have run that light, but I really thought it was going to stay yellow, and I know it had probably been red for five or ten seconds, or possibly even longer, and I know you shouldn't take chances when it comes to pedestrians, but, you know, I don't think I hit him or her or whoever that was anyway, and that large thumping sound was a pothole, and it must have had an air pocket or something that just sounded a little bit like a scream, but not really. It wasn't a scream. There's no way this guy did not know what he was doing. He's like some kind of psychotic killer or something. Hi, I'm Jeff McIntyre. Can I give you a ride to the airport? You know what? Forget my previous statement. This guy is some kind of fucking moron or something. McIntyre, you better be straight with me. Who ordered you to drive that truck into the Breakfast Association building? No one! I lost control and my brakes failed! I swear! I told you to be straight with me. McIntyre, who placed the explosives in the Breakfast Association boiler room? I don't know anything about any of that. I teach 40 talentless sixth graders how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb in unison. Jeff McIntyre was arrested and charged with three counts of second degree murder with intent to kill and one count of vehicular manslaughter related to the damage sustained by his box truck. You really want to know what I think happened to Rufus? They found a thick gold pinky ring with a red ruby in the ashes where the building exploded. And pinky rings don't lie. I actually feel bad for Rufus. No one deserves to get dragged for six blocks underneath a box truck and burned to death. 
Except maybe my ex-boyfriend. I think I would have noticed if I had a 200-pound man stuck to my front bumper. I'm a very attentive driver. There's absolutely no way! Stepping into the vacated role of the chairperson of the lunch subcommittee of the Breakfast Association on an interim emergency basis was Bronwyn O'Toole. For once, a workplace accident that doesn't benefit that snaky sausage sermonizer. And I'm vacating this position too, because I'm starting a new lunch council. Now, who's with me? I said, who's with me? No one was with her, but the world would never be the same, and we're left to wonder if a man as stupid as Jeff McIntyre could actually be a criminal mastermind. Was he part of a plot to overthrow the leadership of the Breakfast Association? Or was he a fall guy? And whose fall guy was he anyway? And what does any of this have to do with sandwiches? Join us for the full six-hour presentation of a sandwich by any other name. Now available for streaming exclusively on Miranda, where you have the right to remain entertained. So we are back with MX Billy Joe Gibson yes. from the 0151 Scouse Cast. And now. We're going to ask Billy about Love Island. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we're all, as Americans, and, you know, we know we have listeners all over the world, we're all curious to understand what is Love Island like if you're living in the UK? You know, for us, it's very detached. So, Billy, have you ever watched Love Island? Um, I've watched, like, a couple of episodes um, to see what it was like. It was a while ago now. I don't really follow it, per se, because it's not really my kind of thing. But um, I will say, like, Twitter seems to go mad over Love Island, and it's like... <sighs> and I'm just thinking, it's just a scripted reality show, mate. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, also what's interesting is that you're like the average age of the, of the contestants on the show. We are a little bit older. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. too much older, but a little bit older, so... For us, some of y'all could be my kids. <laughs> I love that. Biologically. Yeah. Before we check anybody out, we have to be like, okay, how old are they? If they're under 25, we try to be very delicate about saying how they look. <laughs> For you, it's, it's a lot of time. These are kind of like your peers, right? In the sense of age, at least. So do you think just on your very basic impressions of Love Island, is it representative of youth culture and, and people around your age? Or is it like projecting a very small slice of that youth culture? Um, well, personally, I'd say that it's representing not like all of UK youth culture, but not like a small slice either. I'd say it's a fair chunk of it, especially in like, you know, girls my age and maybe a bit younger. Because there's this thing, especially with Scousers, like Scouse Beards, as they call it, which is basically sang for Scouse women. Um, where they have to like doll themselves or get looking proper, proper like pretty uh, when they go out clubbing and that. And they've got it. Obviously, like, with the scouse beards, like, stereotype, it's fake tan, beach blonde hair that's been 
lightens with lightning. Curls where it's all like in like roller curls. And then obviously with like loads of shopping bags around the arm. But yeah, as I was saying, I'd say it's quite representative of like female uh, youth culture in the UK. I'd say most women probably about my age would probably identify with like Love Island. But for like the very few people that like me who are like neurodivergent or they've got ADHD and they're just like different for whatever reason. They don't, I don't really tend to identify with it because I'm plus size and I'm like, yeah, no. Love Island, like, they wouldn't want me. I'm, like, size 18. <laughs> and they're all, like, size, like, 6, 8, maybe 10, 12 at the most. What I will say, though, is I think Love Island's promoting a slightly unhealthy culture, especially around um not just body image, but also just around, like, relationships and stuff. Because from what I've heard, like, backstage, it's all, like, they'll get dragged into the, behind this secret door by the kitchen. And then the producers will tell them, oh, blah, 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 stay drama with X, Y, Z person. And then they'll go back out. And then I, f- I feel like it's promoting, like, unhealthy relationships as well as body image. But that's just my personal opinion, to be honest. There's a lot to un- unpack there. I don't think you're wrong. No, we've said it several times yeah and in fact around body image there had been prior to this new season i know that on twitter i follow and you know talk to on occasion some plus size models who are big fans of the show and were trying to push the show to something that was more inclusive of more body types I'm seeing that talk a lot on Facebook, too. Absolutely. They're also talking about wanting 30 and 40-year-olds who are ready to settle down for real and who look like normal people. So I think the tide might be turning. But, you know, when you mentioned um, Scow's women and how they get dressed up to go out, I don't know if you know, but one of the all-time legends of Love Island from season one of this, you know, latest reboot, not the celebrity version, is a Scow's girl who looks exactly how you mentioned. I think it's Hannah was her name. Yep, Hannah. Hannah Elizabeth, yeah. Yeah, I remember Hannah, yeah. She was like proper typical Scouse beard. She was like bright orange tan, almost Donald Trump orange. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to insult Hannah in any way. So Hannah, if you're listening, I'm sorry, babes. I'm absolutely sorry. But Hannah, like, had fake tan. That was like proper like dark, almost as dark as Donald Trump, <laughs> as I call him. Um, and like she had proper like fake lashes on that were proper thick. And she had beach blonde and she had filler lips. Yeah, she was great. And she got she... with, um, I can't remember who she got with. She got with some southern blue. Yeah, John Clark, who then went on to be the star of another reality show after he dumped her, you know, four months later after the show ended. Oh, right. Cruelly, too. Yeah, it was really, really nasty breakup. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they actually just aired a reunion. That was six years ago. And she looks lovely. Yeah, now. she looks great. And she's really forgiven yeah. him. And they're older. I mean, they were 21 years old. And you think about and I know you're 24 or 25. So, so they'll be like 27, wouldn't they? Yeah, so the difference, I mean, just how much growth you hopefully undergo between age, you know, 20 or 21 and then 27 or 28, you basically become an adult during that time. So it was interesting. That's to, science. Yeah, yeah, that is. That's science. And it's here. it was interesting to hear them reflect on like, oh, we were really young and had to see him, John, be so embarrassed about his past behavior and see how she really understood it. 
and put and contextualized it better. She's I'm a big fan of Hannah. She's got a cute baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, what you're describing, though, in terms of the bleach blonde, the fake tan, the fake lashes, the lip fillers. So it's funny because I think we have come to associate that with Essex, not necessarily with Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I say it's the it's more of a thing with Essex as well. It's Liverpool and Essex girls. I wouldn't say the all scouts girls like wear lip filler. I mean, there is a, a fair few about I've seen, like the ones who I associate with wearing lip filler, like proper fake fake lashes and like fake deep tan. The ones where they're all like, "Oh, do you know my fella? If you beat them up, I'll smash your phone and that kind of stuff." But yeah, I'd say not all scouts beards wear lip filler. Um, I think it is more of an Essex thing. I think you're all right a little bit there. But definitely with the face tan and the lashes and the beach blonde hair. So then in terms of relationships and what it says about relationships, we're talking about season six still, the end of season six. But we're also right now covering season seven. And one of the big controversies on the ongoing seventh season of Love Island is that the, I think the larger narrative for the show has been the women forgiving really really shitty behavior by the guys right that the guys have been in a way that we haven't seen probably in you know several years maybe going Mm -hmm. back to season two or three the guys are really treating the women very very poorly yet the women in the show have been you know, forgiving these guys and going back to them, even though they really have shown no understanding of what they did or right. how they might have hurt the their partner's feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying there. Like, I haven't watched the later seasons because, like I said, it's not really my type of show. Although I did say I'd come on to, like, comment about the issues with the show and that. But, yeah, that sounds like the producers don't really care for um, the viewers, to be honest. You know what? I think it's there's a difference between what the viewers say they want and what keeps people tuned in and watching the show. And ultimately yeah. the producers, their job is to get as many people watching the show and to make it obviously right. And to Very try to make it as entertaining. And so that's why like, yeah, they could put a bunch of mature people who are really ready for long-term relationships. Um, they could put them on the show, but maybe it would not be quite as interesting. I, I got what you're saying there. They would just be arguing over whose turn it is to do the dishes and, you know, the difference in tax plans or something. (laughs) We would probably hear a lot more accurate information on Brexit. While Love Island is going on, is it something that you just, you know, you see on social media and and see in the papers and kind of hear on TV all the time? Like how how would you compare it actually like? In terms of football, which we definitely know how football culture really permeates a lot of the UK pop culture. Like, how would you compare the impact of Love Island to that? Well, I'd say Love Island's always over social media whenever there's a new season. And uh, the producers actually pay to get it promoted, I think. Obviously, you tend to do see, like, Love Island and, like, the celebrity or the gossip section of the newspapers, like, the Metro and that. But I wouldn't say it's as much of a dent on UK pop culture as it is football. Obviously, football's an absolutely massive dent, but I can see that the producers are trying to, like, make their mark with Love Island and get people's, like, attention, which they fail to do with me because, like I said, not my kind of show. I guess my last question would be, so Love Island is not your thing. That's totally cool. We hear that a lot and I can't blame you. 
Are there any UK shows that those of us with a VPN or a fake address in Channel 4 might be interested in that you would recommend us checking out? Like Ben said earlier, um, I really like The Circle. Um, yeah. Because it feels more like of a decent reality show because we obviously know what the premise is. We obviously know that it's wrong to do what people do on The Circle which is obviously catfishing because catfishing is wrong, full stop. And um, it's good drama in a way that doesn't damage the audience. I'd say also, I don't know whether you've got it over in the US, so correct me if I'm wrong, but Black Mirror used to be on Channel 4. Um, it's on Netflix now. But I quite like it because it highlights the dangers that technology can have in the potential near future. Because I quite like sci-fi stuff, to be honest, like Rick and Morty... Black Mirror, Orphan Black's another of my favorite shows. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, you two uh, are right up the same alley. Yeah, I know. Those are all some of my... We should hang out, Billy. Those are all <laughs> things I really love. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Black Mirror. We watched Orphan Black together. Yes. Right? But we didn't actually finish it. We didn't finish the show. No, something oh, happened I with our cable. It, and and... It's really exhilarating. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil it. All right. We should go back and finish that. But yeah, yeah, we. I think your point about the circle is really interesting because a lot of the emotional and psychological manipulation on Love Island, it's primarily the producers manipulating the contestants and yeah. the audience. Yeah. There is a little bit of the contestants manipulating each other, but not not that much. And then when you think about the circle... It's all contestants or mostly contestants manipulating each other and very little producers manipulating the contestants or the audience. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched the French or the Brazilian version? Those are both foreign to all of us. Uh, no. We watch them both. Oh, actually, I've watched the US version. I've not watched the French version. So we are big nerds and we watch the French and the Brazilian versions with subtitles because we're not that cool and polyglottish right um the french one is really good if you're into the strategy and the gameplay side of things and the yeah. brazilian one is just so fun and so funny i don't know if that you know matches up with national stereotypes or whatever either way but they're yeah. both worth a watch believe it or not even though the circle usa and france and brazil are like made to look like the films in over there it's not they all get flown over to the exact same studio apartments, yep. which are all in Manchester in the UK. In Seaford, right? Or what's the... Yeah, no, Selford? and that was driveway from Liverpool, but yeah. Yes, we did know that. And there's also shots of Milwaukee, right? Sorry, yeah, well, so, my bad. Yeah, no, no, it's good because our listeners might not know. And also, yeah, in the, for the US versions, they show stock footage from Chicago and Milwaukee. To make it look yeah, yeah. like it's in the Midwest somewhere. And it's not. Yeah. And I just, I'm just sitting there like, yeah, that's Manchester, mate. <laughs> not the US. <laughs> well, then when we were watching, what's that? The Stand Up to Cancer, Stand Up for Laughs special that was on Channel 4. Oh, yeah. Stand Up to Cancer. Yeah, we, we were watching for uh, to make fun of Curtis, really. Yeah, because <laughs> one of the Love Island contestants was on it. But then the lead singer from... The Mondays oh, right. was on it. And he, yeah, he's also from 
uh, Manchester, and also suffers from ADHD. Oh, that sounds, yeah, nice one. They had him walking around his old neighborhood, which is, I think, not far from where that Circle apartment building is. I think it's, like, around the corner. I'm just opening up a double dip, so apologies <laughs> to hear me opening it up. A double dip? Yeah, it's basically, it's like... A thing I used to have in my childhood. It's actually the Love Arts version. And it's made by a sweet company called Swizzles. And they give you like this candy stick. It's like candy floss flavoured. And then there's like three different sherbet dips. And you mm. just like lick the stick and then you dip them in the sherbet. Oh, like lick a made. The sherbet off the stick and then eat the stick. Yeah, we have something like that. So they talked about uh, penguins. Yeah, penguins, right? On a recent season six episode. And I'm trying to find them so we can eat them. And there is a local candy store. It's a franchise that imports mm. candy. And he said that his distributor is out of penguins. So I don't know what's going on over there, but there's a shortage of penguins. Oh, penguins. Yeah, pick up a penguin. So one of our post Love Island season seven specials is going to be me going to the candy store, getting every British candy I can get and us doing a taste yeah, test. Yeah, yeah. Because who doesn't want an excuse to eat a bunch of candy? Yeah, so American listeners, double dip is a, the same as fun dip. lick a I don't even know lick-a-made, that one. same thing. Billy. Enjoy. We want to thank you for joining us today and for all of the time. Well, thank you for having me on. It was a real pleasure. We really learned a lot about Liverpool. Yeah. And it was yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was also, I would say, it was very cool to hear your thoughts about Love Island and... Someday we are going to come to the UK for a vacation and we may have to look you up uh, when we get to Liverpool. Yes. Oh, Stefo, absolutely. Uh, I'd love to be a uh, busy mate, Stefo. <laughs> and that's their uh, best friends for the medical yes. listeners. All right. Let's be BFFs, as the kids yeah, say yeah. over here. All right. Well, thanks, Billy. And everybody should go listen to the 0151 Club. Scousecast. And where can they listen to the Scousecast? It's on Anchor FM and it's on Spotify. It's also on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. A few other sites which I can't remember because um, Anchor's is all the hard work for me. I just uploaded it. Uh, Anchor.fm slash VO151Club is my URL if you want to go listen. And nice also one. I imagine you can just search for 0151Club in the app that you use to find podcasts. Uh, yeah, you can search for the uh, Field 151 Club. Excellent. So thank you, Billy. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Thanks again to Billy Joe Gibson from 0151 Scousecast. Go check it out after you listen to this episode. Okay, it is time for the TNA report. The TNA report. Positives all around. We gave a big thumbs up to Shawnee's neon orange bathing suit. We had four thumbs up for Ched's parents. Maureen, his mom in a sparkly silver sequin dress. And dad, Emmanuel, Really kills it in the black and gold filigree smoking jacket with the gold chain and sunglasses. If you've watched Empire, you might have gotten Lucius Lion vibes like I did. Beautiful. Finn's fakes never last shirt. I thought was pretty cool. I don't know. The choice to wear it to that ceremony and given what happened, 
I don't know, man. Okay, I'll give you that. That was questionable. I loved Priscilla's high neck white dress with the silver sequins at the slit. That was yes. A, that was a good ice skating dress. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I loved that dress. I just love the contrast between the neckline and the bottom of the dress. And the hemline? Yeah, the neckline and the hemline, right? One's totally formal and the other is like, you know, not. And finally, uh, thumbs up to the girls for their evening co-ward in various shades of white, cream, and tan. This is a night of contrasting Luke's in terms of fashion. The opposite of normal, Luke T gets dinged for his black bandana headband. You're not the karate kid, man. Maybe he's Cobra Kai? Yeah, something. And Luke M... I loved the jacket with those ornamental zippers and that varsity collar, black and red striped. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Luke M's jacket was definitely a win there. All right. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. Rank the couples. You know, we're at the end here. We're going to do whatever the hell we want. Let's go from bottom to top. And throw out the names of who we think made the episode. All right. Coming in at number nine. So you know this is going to be weird, given that we've got nine and there are only, what, five Five. couples left. Yes. It's going to get weird. At number nine, it's Luke M. and Demi. Yeah. Like I said, he just is not as excited about her as she is into him. We know that they don't last. It's just a sad trombone with a little piccolo. Yeah. They are in the basement. And not too much ahead of them, it's number eight, Chad and Jess. They don't last either. Whatever. They don't last and... And whatever. Yeah, and whatever. At number seven, it's Jillian and William and Nikki and Jason. Oh my. That would be Paige and Finn's collective parents. Lots of humor, lots of crying. Just overall, a really good bunch. And I hope that there are many Merry Christmases to come for those two families. And at number six, it's Jeff and Denise. Unbelievable scenes, Jeff. There you go. You get to say one too. At number five, Shanice and Luke T. Who also have the makings of many happy Christmases together. Yeah, super solid couple. As dubbed by... Coming in at number four, Luke T's parents. I just love them. I just love them. I want to see a spinoff show about the Trotmans. Oh, that's a great idea. Hot to trot. ITV7. Call us. Call them and then call us. (laughs) Yeah, actually, yeah. Trotmans call us and we'll call ITV7 together. Coming in at number three, it is your favorite, Paige and Finn. Yeah, I don't have to justify this anymore. At number two, it's... Mike and Priscilla. Let's send off one of our favorite couples on a high note. You guys got robbed. We're really bummed that you didn't stay together, but much love from here. From Staten Island. Yes. From Staten Island to uh, Brixton. He is London based. Brixton's in London. Well, there you go. I don't know every neighborhood. Sorry. Coming in at number one this week. Drum roll, please. For just walking in and stealing the damn show, Ched's parents, Maureen and Emmanuel. That jacket belongs in the Love Island wardrobe TNA Hall of Fame. Yes, I'm sure it will be in the touring exhibition that will be coming to a art museum near you in 2023. Along with the nipple top. The nipple top. The green sack. Yeah. 
all of the best outfits from this season. Shauna's space girl outfit with the broken zipper. Yep. We're going to send them all out on tour. How do we get our hands on them? We're going to have to break into the ITV studios, I guess. Obviously. So that does it for us. That does it for us. You can find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at LBLI Podcast. I'm at LBLI Peng, but you're much more likely to find me on Facebook because I am old. You can also find us on Instagram. I'm trying. And you can email us at littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. Please do that. We want to read your emails on the podcast. So until next time, from Staten Island to Love Island. I slept on the couch for four nights and I didn't even do anything wrong. I slept on the couch for four nights and I didn't even do anything wrong. I slept on the couch for four nights and I didn't even do anything wrong. I slept on the couch for four nights. I didn't even do anything wrong. <laughs>